this episode of the Astrology Oddcast, I speak with Ben Bidwell, who goes by the name of The Naked Professor. So Ben was a self-proclaimed lad, and he basically had a medical issue. Well, yeah, he discusses it in the podcast. And something that provoked him to explore himself more and he found the world of articulating emotion and how much it transformed his life and now he, he is a coach who bears all and that is why he's a naked professor because aside from taking very clever clickbait shots of himself naked at, at iconic London landmarks he also discusses everything about his feelings and he helps other people to do that and he wants people to find their authenticity and vulnerability and be who they are so we, we have a really good chat about that we both could talk a lot about this um, and we talk about his past and his birth chart and what's going on and what's coming up so have a listen Ben Bidwell, aka The Naked Professor, welcome to the podcast. Tell us why you are The Naked Professor. Goodness. Um, do you know what? It, it actually, I don't really like it anymore. But um, it started out because I took all my clothes off in my pictures. So I was naked. And um, uh, I, was, I, was, I am a coach and I was writing as a coach. Um, but The Naked Coach sounded weird and like it could go in a different direction. And this was at a time when everyone kind of had like sort of catchy names for Instagram. So I just tried to sort of join the club. And um, the idea was, is that I was showing up vulnerably, like raw, open. I was bearing my soul. I was letting myself be fully seen. I wasn't hiding away. There were no masks, you know, and, and, and that was kind of my journey. And that's what I wanted to write about. And that's what I was sharing. So I was trying to represent who I was visually and through my name um, by being open, by being seen. I'm getting some cool photos. Uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> yes, there's all sorts going on there. <laughs> and like, do you know what? I'm really torn because it, it it plays the Instagram game quite well. You know, it catches the eye, but it's not really like who I want to be. <laughs> it it was clever though. It it is clever. Um, Thank you. Because it, you know you've got to play the Instagram game if you want to. It, it's annoying, but mm. I mean maybe you don't once you've got to like you don't anymore perhaps. But you did have to, and it was a great way to do it, I mm. think. And a, and a very Leo thing to do. I mean, let's pretend. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense, apparently. <laughs> um, but I'm really looking forward to this because you are an open book. And we, we voice noted mm. about this yesterday. I, as an astrologer, kind you know, you look at somebody's chart, and we were just talking about this. Actually, we were recording, but like before we'd started formally, just because we both kind of talk a lot hmm. about how, you know, there's different sides to your personality and that's quite useful for being able to relate to lots of different people. And so when someone's very private and shy, I, if I see that in their chart, I respect that. And so I'm not going to go in, I'm not going to be probing and I'm certainly not going to talk about certain things on a recorded show just because it's, it's a sort of respect and you don't need to be an astrologer to have that emotional response to people that if you can tell they're shy, you're not going to start asking them stuff that makes them feel awkward. Whereas with you, I, I think you are genuinely, you are the naked professor. And I didn't even think of that actually when we were chatting yesterday, but you're an open book 
we can really talk about your astrology and I don't think there's anything, I don't feel like, I'm not worried about offending you, basically. As you're saying all that, I'm like, please, like, go for it. Like, don't, like, I almost want you to, to, to ask the questions that you think might offend me because they really won't. And I think that'll be the most interesting ones. So like, go for it. I promise there's going to be no offense. Um, I want to have those conversations. Okay, let's do so it. So you've got, you've got free reign. <laughs> pressure is on <laughs> well let's yeah i'm, I'm interested no, to see not. i'm interested to see what is um yeah gonna come up you did all the coaching that's how you started basically what were you doing before you were a coach then um first i started out as a surveyor in, in london which was kind of i guess sort of sums up who i was before you know it's very different Love. kind of very logical yeah like, yeah exactly like worked in office five days a week weekend was kind of party time did you go um, to the sevens thing did yeah you play in there yeah played in the sevens and like on the sunday and Where free did you beer work? And only for a small little company called miles commercial um it was in knightsbridge so we we we, we got in trouble at the sevens because i think we we're only a time, team of five but we managed to have this brilliant amazing sevens team of ten which didn't make sense to the organisers, um, <laughs> quite rightly. But um, yeah, like all of that, and that was kind of my, you know that was my life, and and it kind of never aligned with actually who I wanted to be, but it felt who society said I should be. It was so, fun um, though. It was fun. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It it, it was fun, but it, it was fun on the out outside, and I had great. Like for me, it was like it was like this graph of like highs and lows. You know, it was happy, like brilliant. I love this, like party, party, amazing. And then you're sitting on your sofa at home the next day, thinking, "Oh, is this what life is about? Is this really all I am?" Um, mm. So, you, and you in that low, you go and do it again, and it was kind of that chase. Yeah, because you talk about um, what you were like at uni. Well, you, you've mentioned it a few times. You're a bit of a lad, you know, rug, rugby guy, Mister Leo, Moon and Sag. What did you say a minute ago? <laughs> You people perceived you as? Oh, yeah. Like, I, probably obnoxious and just kind of, they're probably be arrogant. I don't know. I don't like saying it, but <laughs> probably if they saw me at certain times, even though I knew I wasn't or but I thought I wasn't. I'm Because I always think about this and try and think, well, if I'd met you 10 years ago, I, I try and imagine you in the student bar at uni <laughs> and, being, and being like, were you that guy? were you as obnoxious as you think you were because people don't change that much and so you've surely always been sensitive and i'm surely you've always been somebody who when other people walk in the room you notice them and you greet them and you were surely friends with the girls or not yeah yes like to all those things yes but i didn't want to be those things like that that was who was at my oh. course so i was trying to not be I was trying to be like, I need to, let's drink more beer because then I'm less sensitive and let's like, you know, take the piss more because then it suits more of the masculine presence and let's go to the gym more because then I look stronger and let's build this persona of who I think I should be. But underneath it all, yeah, if you strip all that back, and I believe this with loads of men, by the way, um, if you strip all the stories away, you are left with a human heart that is sensitive, that is empathetic, is compassionate, wants to be loved, wants to love, wants connection. I see that's yeah. so interesting. So, so you were sensitive, but you were trying to like beat yourself out of it. Yeah, I didn't want to be sensitive. I really didn't. It was unmanly for me. It's, a bit, it's not easy being sensitive anyway, I suppose. And particularly not drinking and in an environment where people are rinsing each other constantly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's not but but you know you're totally right it's not easy but what i've learned is that it's what's hard even harder still is not being who you truly are yes and that's what i was doing 
And whilst it might have kind of got me acceptance from the rugby community and kind of validation in amongst a community like that, I wasn't like aligned and living my truthful purpose and being who I was born to be. Do you think times have changed now? Because I I used to film everything um, and we watched a video of school last week and I was mortified. (laughs) (laughs) Because humour, well you know in my household my dad's a bit of a lad and so me we just rinsed each other basically we still do we we take the piss out of each other all the time but humor was that was humor 15 20 years ago that's you know that's how we all behaved and now things have we are a bit more polite is it the same do you think you know if time was normal the freshers at uni are as you know obnoxious as we were well, listen, where, where I stand with it is that I'm not against taking the piss or being, you know, having a laugh and joke, joking with each other and doing all that. But I am saying that doesn't have to define you all the time. And you can also, alongside that, be kind and sensitive and loving too. And it's just you can embrace all of who you can be. You don't need to pigeonhole yourself and say, hey, I'm someone who just takes the piss and I'm the joker. It's like, yeah, I like that. But I also love a deep, meaningful conversation and, and learning about, you know, who you love and what you love and the sensitive side of you too. Yeah, and you're um, very good at that as well. Oh, thank you, put, you. That's your Mars in Cancer, I think. Is it? Yeah, it, you're, you're oh. naturally um, a carer. And, some, and can, planets in Cancer talk about their emotions very freely. Whereas, mm. um, yeah, not, every, not everybody has that skill. And I suppose being, as well, looking at your chart, the, the Moon-Neptune conjunction you've got also adds to this romantic, poetic... It also indicates somebody who could drink a lot of beer and go on a lot of rugby tours. But when it's when it's matured, it's very charitable, very giving, very sensitive, and has no boundaries, which you will probably cultivate. I don't know how are your boundaries? Uh, constantly being worked on, I'd say. I mean, when you're when you are in touch with your sensitive aspect and you do care, it's hard because you want to constantly help and provide but you can often do so at your own cost so that's the hardest challenge for me is you know sometimes you have to let people down to protect yourself but i am learning that i am the most valuable relationship i have so i have to have those boundaries and whilst others might judge me for being unkind in that moment i know that it's coming from the right place and i'm trying to do it from a kind place so yeah but it's a challenge it's a challenge but i, I love what you said i mean what i love this is why i'm fascinated i love talking to you because i love I love learning about myself and I love, just like, like we said before, I love how this gives me a perspective and an understanding of myself. Like, like you've always said, it's not science, but it can allow you to become more aware of, of yourself. Yeah, big time. And I, I would like to think that it will one day be a science. But and yes. you've, got the, you've got the moon in Sagittarius and it's conjunct Neptune for, for the astrologically fluent. Basically, I mean, Neptune rules the seas, he rules Pisces, and he's like, you know, he's, a, he's nebulous, and he has, in the same way that the sea is always trying to breach its boundaries, you know, the tide's coming in and out and in and out. If you've got the moon conjunct Neptune, it's always feeling into more and more and more, and, and it's the big, big open heart, but as you've already said, you, that there is something there where you could just exhort, completely deplete yourself by being heart wide open and with the moon in Sag learning self-development coaching perspective open mind is is a great 
part of your character. So you did the surveying thing. Mm. Um, and then how, how did you make the leap into coaching? Uh, I was really lucky in that the, this is, I mean, I'm showing my age now, but this was back in 2008 and there was a crash, the economic crash that happened then with all the mortgages and all the rest of it. And that kind of gave me a time to reassess my life at the age of 28. And I was like, do I really want to be in this job? Is this my purpose? Like, is this who I'm meant to be? And, you know, there was a very quick realization that I was doing it for the money because the money starts to dry up through 2009 and 2010. And I eventually left in 2010 because I wasn't earning like I used to and I wasn't inspired. And it was like, well, this isn't who I want to be. And this isn't my future. So I'm just going to get the hell out of here whilst, whilst pay is low because it seemed easier. So then I went on my journey and that led me to sort of start my entrepreneurial life. And that led me to want to invest in myself and become a better person. Partly that and also partly the challenges I had around sex, which kind of by this point I was 30 and thinking, you know, I want to improve on areas that hold me back now. And at the age of 30, I you know, I had never really had a sexually fulfilling relationship. It would always be my challenge. I'd always struggle to orgasm and sex. And I was like, do you know what? I want to have a family one day and I want to have like a great sex life. So it's time to look into this. And, um, you know, I'm a massive believer that when you open up your, the opportunity or your eyes to the possibility of change, then the universe often presents the, the right path ahead, if you like. And um, a coach came into my life at that point, age 30, and the opportunity came up to work with her. And I remember sort of saying, well, you know, I've got this challenge around sex and do you think you can help me? And she was like, yeah. And I thought she was going to teach me to be a sex guru. And so I was really excited about it because it felt quite manly. And I was like, cool. If she had told me the reality, which was, I'm going to strip you to your vulnerable bones and I'm going to um, teach you to be in touch with your emotions and, and connect with your true authentic self. I'd probably have been like, no, you're right. Thanks. But with sex being the driver, I was like, yeah, let's, 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 let's do what we need to do. And within like a month or two, she had me writing a letter to my mum telling her I loved her and like little moments like this. And I was like, is this really going to help me with my sex life? I don't know, but hopefully in time. But in the meantime, I'm kind of glad I've done this. Like it does feel right that I'm doing it, even though it's really hard. And my ego is like, oh my God, Ben, like what kind of man are you doing this kind of stuff? My heart was like, I'm glad. Like I'm glad that my mum finally knows how much I care about her. So we just, I just kept persisting on this journey of working with this coach and got me to the point kind of, I don't know, maybe a year or so in working with her where I was like, do you know what? Like I'm, I'm a different person already now. And if I'm a different person here, then anyone can be because I was as shut off as they come for 30 years of my life. So I then trained to become a coach myself because I just thought I can relate to anyone, you know, however close they are, I, I, I get it as a man. So um, I trained to become a coach then and then um, started coaching part-time, sort of doing it as I went and, and in amongst working in tech startup companies and kind of going on this entrepreneurial journey. And then it got to the point four years ago where I was like, I'm done with, with tech startups. They're driving me around the wall. Like I love coaching. I love personal development. I want to, that's my future and, and that's who I want to be. And I'm going to start a blog and take all my clothes off and hope someone cares. <laughs> and um, <laughs> A few people did, and that's what happened, really. And I'm kind of just so grateful and so glad that I did, you know. Mega, so it's quite good actually because I'm staring at your chart whilst you're talking, which keeps mm. me quiet. <laughs> you were talking about sex, so then I look at Mars mm. because Mars is, you know, the man. It, 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 if you know the symbol for Mars, you know, like the symbols for Mars and Venus, like you see on the toilets sometimes. Ah, yeah. So Mars penetrates. Mars is. Mars is sex and your Mars in your birth chart is unaspected 
So this Mars mm. in Cancer makes no aspects to any other planets in your chart, which is very what does interesting. That mean? So all the planets in the sky form a relationship with one another according to basically math- mathematical degrees. So, and the theory is, I heard this the other day, there's lots of different theories, but one that I really like is, so imagine you've got, I don't know if you've seen at the minute, Mars is in the sky and Jupiter and Saturn are in the sky every night. Have you seen them? Uh, no, I haven't, but I love it they are, yeah. Well, it's always cloudy. But um, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> they're about 90 degrees apart. So if you, you can see kind of Jupiter and Saturn are setting um, at sunset-ish and Mars you know, will be at the top of the sky around then. It's been, it's been moving all summer. And because they're 90 degrees apart, their rays hit the... the the earth at a 90 degree angle so all the planets in the sky are doing that and if they meet at certain if they have certain angular relationships then they talk to one another in the context of a birth chart or in the context of a moment that those planets are relating it's like they're all at a house party and they're in relationship with one another your mars is not talking to any other planets in your chart and that your mars is in cancer and mars doesn't actually love being in cancer because cancer is a water sign and mars is fire the warrior and the soldier and he wants to be in fire signs and he wants to be getting on with it and going fast and basically mars in cancer cancer is the sign of the mother and it's it's very connected with the heart and our feelings and love and the family and emotions and nurturance the ability to cry is a very cancerian thing cancers are very they you know they look at the past they look at their emotions they they talk about their vulnerabilities they love being parents they love looking after other people they love nurturing other people but it it was off it, it planets that are unaspected are either on or off is what they say, is what I've been taught, you know, about the, how they operate. So somehow this Mars was, un, you know, it just wasn't there. And it's been activated in a big way. And interestingly, Pluto, the planet, moved opposite <laughs> to 15 degrees Capricorn in about 2015, probably 24, uh, 2016, which is when you changed things, I guess. Was it, when was it, 2015 or 2016? Probably a little bit early in that, but I was on the journey and that was probably some pretty big steps along the way in those years. Started doing more retreats and stuff at that point. You know, I, I started working with a coach, I think in 2012, I think, 2011. And then started when it going on my journey from there. But all sorts, you know, it's been a constant flow of new growth along the way. Cool. And But what did happen in 2015 then? I would imagine that I would have done some fairly big personal development courses possibly uh when is five years ago yeah i mean i could have been one of the big retreats i did where there's some big shifts going on or something like that so going off and whether like i've done various various different personal development experiences so i'm going off for a week and spending time with you know psychosexual therapists or or personal development coaches or different people who you know help me become a better person basically yeah and 2016 october 2016 October 2016. Are you, do you know all the, what happened in every month of every year of your life? Yeah. and wow, it's pretty impressive. No, but it's very, this is, <laughs> people used to say to me when we were about um, 13, I remember it was all standing in the kitchen at a mate's house after a barbecue. And they were like, what are you going to do with this memory of yours? And I was like, I don't know. It's just like my, 
skill, you know, other people who were good at whatever, like sport, I just remember everything. And I used to know the, the dates. People would be like, oh, what date was so-and-so's party? And I'm like, oh, 7th of July, 2001. And they're like, why do you know? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just remember Whoa. all the dates. That's was, incredible. I know, it's, but it's so handy for being an astrologer because whenever I'm looking back at my old transits, I, I can just, you know, I don't need to look in a diary. I just, I can, I learn a lot of my own astrology and that's how you learn astrology just because I can, I can go back years and look at transits and understand how they all played out. But yeah, I do then expect everyone else to be like it, which is no, it's amazing. ridiculous. I'm like, I'm just doing my best, but it's a ma- what an amazing skill. I wish I could tell you I'm done October 2016. And well, no, you've got time. You can, you can do it after. I mean, just for your yeah. own, for your own interest, because it, it really looks like it, sexually as well. I mean, that, that could have been a really big breakthrough for you, 2015, 2016. Or, or physically, you could have really, I don't know, maybe you ran a marathon. Maybe you really put yourself to the test, but it was trans- transformative. And it was very much about the breakdown of the old male archetype and um, being reborn, shedding a skin, at, at reaching a level, a, a crisis point, not where crisis means horrendous point but crisis is in a pinnacle where things completely shift so Mm. 2015 2016 was a point at which perhaps that mars was changed forever and became part of your psyche i think i started conjuring the naked professor probably around about october 2016 okay cool. i'd almost be certain of it actually are you just scrolling i am scrolling because i think (laughs) i started it in like april 2017 so i think i started in august 2016 well that's i mean that's fine pluto passed over your mars three times so he was retrograde he was at 15 degrees of capricorn in august 2016 um and your mars is 15 degrees of cancer so Mm. yeah it's it's a process pluto things pluto transits are always a process because they have you have three passes and he's so slow he stays there for like a month and it's a whole you know taking the put the scaffolding up do the work take the scaffolding down it's 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 not a it's not a little thing it's Mm. a complete shift which is why they're always quite good to ask people about in so much as they're they're very telling and particularly if i'm i'm looking at a pluto transit to angles or the mc if we if we talk again in 30 years we'll be able Mm. to know exactly (laughs) what time you were born wow that's amazing. I could probably work it out with some extra calculating calculations. Um, okay, so you you got naked, you built your Instagram, you went on lots of courses. Now, where are you? I think uh, August 2016, I started to think, Jesus, these tech companies are like, there's a lot of pressure on me and I'm, a lot of it's out of my control. I need something that I can really own. And that was then it's like, okay, this is coaching. I'm being shown coaching is my, is my way. So for the next few months, I went out and started getting my pictures. And then I launched the Naked Professor in, I think it was April or May 2017, three and a half years ago. Um, and then that has been kind of my calling, my purpose, like everything. And it's just been like, a big part of my own personal development journey as well, because when you really show up, you know, you're, I'm really letting people see me and, and really feel me. Uh, there's no hiding. 
you know, before mm. you can kind of do things and no one quite know what you're doing behind closed doors. But with what I'm doing here, I'm just everyone, like I'm displaying it for everyone. And, you know, my, my mum, my dad, are like aware of what I'm doing, my brothers are seeing my posts, like my best friends who I was, you know, partying with in my 20s were seeing like, you know, all these revelations that they've never, you know, known about really. Mm. So it's like, there's no hiding, like it's all there, um, which I love, it's liberating. Yeah, and it's just, I've just gone on this magical journey really in the last three and a half years where I, I guess I've just got this deep, deep passion for, I mean, particularly men, because I, I know the challenges of masculinity, but everybody, men and women, to live true to who they authentically are rather than wearing a mask that gives them validation and acceptance, but not truth and alignment. I, and think, that's it's, my purpose. I think it's great. I love it. Because particularly when I first started learning astrology, I felt like the sensitive man, straight man, was underrepresented in a huge way. Because it didn't, there didn't seem to be any obvious role models. Totally. That's part of the problem for me. Like growing up, like I, I will say this, you know, like growing up it was Terminator and Rambo and, you know, Arnie and Sylvester Stallone. And they were like the epitome of masculinity, good, good men. That was who we were all aspiring to be. Well, I certainly was aspiring to be. And um, there's no, there no blend. At least now we've got people like The Rock, who represents both sides, you know, he's very emotional and he'll cry and he'll, you hear him talk about his wife, you know, there's such beauty and expression and his, his love for her. But also he's this physical <laughs> specimen of, you know, <laughs> warrior-like nature who can show up in all his, you know, stereotypically masculine energy, energy too. And you've got other men, lots of men talking about their emotions and how they feel and you've got more men crying. And, you know, for kids just seeing that on TV and reading it and it's like it gives them the possibility that it's not it's not unmanly to do that it is like it's it's part of who we are and you can do it i just never saw that in the 80s never no no no, never, no. and historically i don't know if you've if you've researched throughout history i haven't but what is the history of masculinity and what a man should be like and is it obviously the uk is as far as I'm aware, quite repressed, but in the rest of the world, have you looked at that? Well, one thing that I'm really conscious of is, is obviously with the world wars um, and a lot of men going out to, to fight at war, there wasn't space for, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not feeling so great about this, about going to war, um, or I don't feel so good in, you know, sleeping in this bunker and maybe getting shot tonight. Mm-hmm. It's like there wasn't space for expression of, of, of emotions. It's like, you know, that really was where it came, you know, man up and we've got a job to do. And, you know, obviously the men in that era learned to live that way and then they taught their kids to, to, to be that way because that's what they, they knew and, and, and what the kids saw in their fathers. So, you know, that I think my generation have come through looking at a lot of unemotional fathers and also, you know, that being accepted. You know, my mum, who is very sensitive and, and emotional and loving, um, she looked for that quality of security a lot more in a man because security was much harder to find in those days. You know, they didn't even coming out of the wars, you know, going to the shops and finding food was, was a luxury. Um, it wasn't always there. Whereas now it's like, you know, we obviously expect that and take it for granted. So there isn't that real need. For every, we all feel safe. So there were different values, different attractions for, for women. Now, with the increase in security, women are looking for a little bit more. They don't need to lean on that masculine energy so much. Um, in that respect and they are looking for a little bit more depth and a bit more love and and more feminine energy back in return so there is this journey and I do think there is a shift 
and it all kind of you know it makes sense and i think in making sense of it a bit like you know what you say with astrology in making sense of, for me having that i can let go of any not necessarily anger but kind of when you go on this journey you do look at a lot of your parents and then you learn your parents taught you a lot of things and you're like i don't want to learn that why do my parents teach me that I forgot you know i'm really become quite resentful but actually you know all of us are on our journey and our parents learned what they learned not because they chose to and they wanted to be that way but because of what they saw around them and they just adjusted and it's not their fault and they did the best with what they knew and they taught us that and we took on our habits and we'll do the same to our kids and we'll just share what we know and you, with that compassion you can kind of there's more understanding that listen not every man is like us or every woman is like us but everyone's got a story and everyone's got a past and everyone's got a reason behind their behavior why they're not connecting to love or why they're being ultra defensive or why they need to be so strong and alpha and we can with that compassion we can just release a little bit of tension let go of any anger or resentment which is a really nice healthier way to live so that's and that's a massive part of my story and my, my work is that whilst i really you know promote and i'm a big advocate of, of men talking and, and being more open with their emotions and, and expressing love etc doesn't make men who don't do that wrong or to blame it's just where they're at in their development. And I was like that at one point too. So who am I to judge? Well, and we're also diff- like in numerology, you're a life path to maybe an 11, depends how you calculate it. You're born on the 11th and one plus one is two. B is the second letter of the alphabet and your, you know, it's your first letter and your, your surname, your BB. So everything is two in your, mm. on your like first top level numerology, which is links to cancer actually links to that mars in cancer where there is this kind of very relatable very nurturing all about the other person very compassionate very sensitive very thoughtful considerate the like the, the number two is the number two you know you have the leader who's all bravado and the number two who just gets on with the work and and is not happy behind the scenes but okay with look being the caretaker and looking after other people and it's so overwhelming in in you in you know it's a real calling and the thing it can be very what i was taught is that if that number is you know is repeated it's so intense for you that that's gonna be really hard and extreme lesson and often i've seen i know somebody who's got that the same with eight which is all about money and power and he's just rejected money and he hasn't moved into that number because we all avoid our number. We all have an issue with the things that we need to be. And so that's why this was your particular thing. And what's amazing is that you've wrestled it and come through the other side of that. Whereas not everybody manages to do that, to be themselves. Mm. you know what I, I think there's every chance that i wouldn't if it wasn't for sex you know it was sex that was my driver uh-huh. and it was sex that for me like that was my body talking to me saying hey like you're not being who i need you to be you're not listening to all of who i am and if you're not going to feel then i'm going to stop you feeling in all sorts of ways and it numbed me if you like so clever so clever yeah but bodies are right mm-hmm. if yeah. we're willing to listen to them and mm-hmm. I think we can all get lessons from our body. Um, yeah, big time. And that was my, my Saturn return was similar that I had a pain in my shoulder that just drove, I needed to get rid of this pain, which took me on a journey. Um, but and was this your Saturn return? Was that when you turned 30? 
Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean that was that was, yeah, and and like it was just you know a freak thing really, like working with this coach. I mean, even if like you know I wanted to transform my sex, but I had no idea how to, and I'd done a few little things here and there, but didn't really know what you know. I was like, how, where do you start in this world? Um, maybe the internet's better now, and there's more. You know, you can find people in tantra and stuff like that easier. But at that point, I just didn't really know. And, I only started working with this coach because she started coming to my flat and working with my flatmate who was a professional rugby player and he needed help from a hypnotherapist to get over his injury. And I was like, ah, maybe I've got an injury. Like maybe that's, maybe I should talk to her about my injury. Otherwise, where would I found her? And I don't know. I've done where to start. That's where you trust the synchronicities. And so have you got, have you become spiritual? where, Where do you lie on that? Yeah. Like, I mean, it depends on your definition of spirit spirituality right but yeah for me totally i mean i i've learned that i am my my spirit for me like that's who i am and i have a you know a mind a body and a spirit and my my, my mind and body are functional and do um play a role but it's my truth and my what i want to connect most deeply to is my spirit inside of me that energy within me so that's kind of what i i, I see spirituality as like a connection to a deeper part of you that that is your truth that is your essence so yeah, I mean that's 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 been my my work has been getting out of my head and into my into my spirit. I'm staring at your chart again as mm-hmm. we speak, and um, there's a total solar eclipse on the 14th of December, and it's on your moon. And also, mm-hmm. we're working with a fairly vague time of birth ish morning. We know that, um, okay. but Uranus is on your MC. Are you moving? I do plan to move at some point. Yeah, but there's quite a big shift coming out. My flatmate in my in my current flat is is moving out on the seventeenth December. Uh, I own the flat. There's going to be a big change with that. I think it's going to be my flat for the first time in a long, long time. I see. Yeah, interesting. So, what are you doing now? Tell us about the thing that you've just launched. Yeah, so <laughs> it feels so weird to, to 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 say that. I guess having spoken so much about my past and who I was to now be running a platform called heart space which is helping people to feel seen heard and valued in a in a safe space which is something that a big part of the journey that i've been on because for a long time i never felt seen heard and valued and i didn't know how to be seen heard and valued i didn't know what my truth was i didn't know how to share openly i didn't know how to feel my emotions i didn't know what my emotions were really everything was just fine so to now provide this space where people can come and connect with like-minded people who want to come from their heart, hence heart space. So come from that kind, compassionate, loving place and not judge one another to allow people to just go on a journey of personal development and share truthfully how they're feeling and what's inside of them and to take on exercises that help drop them deeper into their heart to connect more with who they really are and go really on that, on that magical journey out of your head and into your heart, which is, is what I did basically, but in a safe space around like-minded people. And yeah, it's bizarre that I've created that because I mean, it, it is my truth now. It's exactly who I am and what I've, what I've been, but obviously, you know, 10 years ago, again, it was, it was exactly like, I was so far from it. So it's beautiful. And it's just kind of a, a, a stepping stone for where I'm at in my journey, which is, is really trying to help people live more aligned to who they really want to be. Not, not, not who they think they should be and that's that's a big part of the freedom for me so are there men and women in there yeah it's mostly women and i want more men but (laughs) naturally women are more open (laughs) but i suppose the men in the wellness space but you even that event that you did did you do that event yeah with richie yeah uh, yeah at the big place in hammersmith yeah 
Yeah, you yeah, know, there's loads of people there. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah, but uh, totally. And like men are, but th- I, th- I think the thing, part of the success was with that. The ice is bath. That ice bath, breath work. Mm. Um, and the ice bath is really manly. But if you ask men, do they want a space where they come and share how they feel? It's still a much more feminine energy. And, you know, the men who do show up are really, like, really on that journey. They're not the average man. Whereas yeah. the average woman is like, oh, beautiful. Yeah, I'd love to feel safe and be able to share how I feel. I, I would hate it. But I, would I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But is there part of you at times you love? You must, I still no. think, never. Yeah, but I would, if I share, I share it with one person. Yes. Or my diary. The end. But I've got, I've got a lot of planets in Capricorn opposite to your Mars in Cancer. So, you know, I am the man. And you, mm. you are, you, the Cancerian men, they, they have that sharing, Luna. The moon rules Cancer and you have your Mars in Cancer. And the moon is all about circles and sharing and, and, and togetherness. Yes, I love that. Which That's is, me. Yeah, which is mm. you. But that Mars wasn't activated because it's unaspected in your chart. But you were born to do this. And also something else I was, when I was staring at your chart a minute ago, you've got the North Node in Leo and the South Node in Aquarius. Actually, I can see the book. So the nodes of the chart, the nodes of the chart are um, points in space, across ecliptic where the, the sun and the moon meet. They're, they're an astrological thing. And the North Node describes the direction of your soul, of your karma, of your dharma, of the, of the, of the way you need to go. And the South Node is sort of the things we need to leave behind. Your North Node is zero Leo. And Leo in medical astrology or in general astrology rules the heart. And you are um, very Leo. Mm-hmm. Plus you've got the North Node in Leo. So attributes to develop. Let's see what you think about this. Mm. individuality willingness to take center stage following one's heart's desires strengthening one's willpower enthusiasm self-confidence taking risks relating to the childlike quality in others enjoying life having fun looking at life as a game developing an it's up to me attitude tendencies to leave behind yielding to peer pressure in order to belong detaching from emotional situations aloofness waiting for others to prompt one's own action overlooking what's really going on, waiting for more knowledge before taking action, excessive daydreaming, and running away from confrontations. Hmm. Mm. Yes, to all of that, pretty much. A couple in there, I was like, yeah, not so much. But generally, I'm like, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Totally. Like the aspects to develop, that, that willingness to take centre stage, you know, that I think I don't like to be centre of attention, funnily enough, because I know that probably traditionally Leo does, right? Yeah. Um, but I think like deep down in my heart, I do, but I just don't want to be seen to be needing it or, or like, look at me, look at me. I don't want to be a look at me, look at me, but, yeah. but I do love the opportunity to express who I am, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Your son is in the 12th house. So your son, Mercury and North Node are all in the 12th. And the 12th, again, has that kind of Pisces feel, which is already attached to your moon because you've got a moon-Neptune conjunction. And the 12th house is a... Is, is a nebulous, private, secretive space. But people with planets in the 12th t- tend to be quite well known by the public eye. But it's, it's not... 
Madonna's Madonna's got a similar thing to you. Mm, okay, <laughs> she takes her clothes off. <laughs> but it's like she belongs to the collective, and everybody knows who she is. But at the same time, she is a little bit behind the scenes as well. It, it's a paradox mm. to be a Leo and to be. I think you have. I've a got thought. a good analogy of it. Yeah, because like it's like you know, I started off by taking all my clothes off and putting pictures of myself on, 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 on my grid on Instagram. Mm. But I'm not someone who really wants to share my day-to-day stuff on my stories, if that makes sense. It's like yes. on the one hand, it's like, hey, everybody, look at me. On the other hand, it's like, hey, stay out of my day-to-day private stuff. Like, that's, that's, you don't need to know that. Yeah, yeah. Does I mean, that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I've got a 12th house moon. And I think about this, like I want to get astrology out to as many people as possible and i want to do it in the easiest way possible but at the same time i don't i've never done a vulnerability post and that's that's more <laughs> my stuff mm-hmm. with all my satin but i don't share the the, the the bitsy details of my life are not there then but other random shit you know i'm all over it and because there's that privacy um to the 12th house i think mm. I really want to dig into your vulnerability. <laughs> I know. I was thinking when I said that. <laughs> I baited him. <laughs> totally. I'm so intrigued. and like, Because I believe that every human craves connection. And I believe vulnerability is such a source. We're not craves connection, that's not. But we are wired to connect. And vulnerability is such a great tool for connection. When we feel safe enough and unjudged and learn how to not judge ourselves, there is... I believe within us all a want and desire to be fully seen and heard in all of who we are. But I that's think me. no, I think you're totally right. But <laughs> it's it's a very interesting uh, situation when because I've got so much Saturn uh, in my chart. So it, it you just I don't know if we could ever get past the deflections. But then mm. I think with all this stuff, I don't know if it was the same for you. Is in that you go full circle. So. You, you go from being living your laddish life and then mm. suddenly you realize like, oh, you know, there's so much more. And I, you take a big step back. And then when you've dealt with a lot of the stuff, you can kind of dip in and out with ease. Yes. For me, real freedom is to be able to be soft and loving when it's right in that time, but also step into like my leader, courageous nature as and when I need to too. And like to be able to switch between them and not because I'm inauthentic, but because both of them are authentically me. Because at some points you need, there's no point in me, you know, being like this tough warrior who needs to get shit done Mm. and make stuff happen. And then, you know, to be with my partner who, Mm. and who craves love and affection in Mm. some capacity. And for me to still continue to be in that, that space, it's like, actually it would work better if I can fill the different roles. You know, the, like a big part of my work is looking at the male archetypes, the Carl Jung archetypes. And, and he says that within us, within us, all of the men, there is a warrior that's, that gets shit done. You know, tough is, is present and focused and gets the stuff done. And then you've got the magician that is creative and full of growth and um, education and dance and play and movement. And then you've got your uh, lover that can soften and love and be, kind and curious and then you've got the king who's able to pull the three together and, and represent you know use them as and how he needs to if you like and it's the, it's the kind of mature version of all of them and that for me is is that that's 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 within in theory that's Carl Jung would argue that's within every man and I've done enough of these men's retreats to see like enough men who just turn up as a warrior 
and you can't get beyond them. You know, they're, they're just a tough nut. They're on the phone to the very minute. They don't want to enter the room. They just sit there, their arms crossed. And they're like, right, what, what the hell is this all about? Like, what are you making me do? And then five days later, they're there, you know, shedding a tear and can't wait to, to share how much new love they've got for their wife and kids and to allow themselves to enter that space and how beautiful and liberating it feels. Not to mean they're no longer a warrior. They've still got that. It's just they've learned a new aspect of who they can be too. And that's what I'm about and what I love to see because I believe that as humans, we do have all those aspects to us, but that might be contradictory to what you're, to what you understand from astrology, you know, and that some people are just going to be closed off and that's them too. No, I think you're right. And I, and also mm. it's for me, it's just the, the very scorpionic side of me as well. That is just intensely, intensely private and is, is happy feeling things. And even talking about this, like now with you, you know, mm. but there's still certain things that just will, I just will not share because mm. I, it's just the way I am. And it doesn't mean mm. I don't feel it. I suppose that's the, the thing, you know, I'm, it's, but I just wouldn't share it ever. Mm. And I, just, I would just love, <laughs> not that <laughs> of, but I would love to know your, your reasons why not sharing. That's what I'd love to get into. Because ultimately, I would question whether or not, sorry, I'm turning this on you. <laughs> but ultimately, I, I, would, I would question whether or not, like your heart is willing to be seen and felt and heard, but it's just your protective mind that's saying, no, don't let that be the case. You need to be this and this and this. So don't let it, which for me is a difference between coming from love and coming from fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But moon Saturn, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tricky. Um, wait, I wanted to ask you about your app. Um, yes. So, because mm. I, I was asking you, and then we got distracted. So, there's mm. men and women, mainly women. Mm. And yes. what do you do on there? So, um, every month has a theme of personal growth, um, or in my language, like every month has a theme that helps you take you closer into your heart to allow you to feel more. Um, so for this first month, we only kicked it off this month, it's love. And then next month, it's kindness. And the month after that, it's purpose. And then they'll be getting out of our comfort zone and there'll be vulnerability. And so each month has a, a whole theme around it. And um, within that, um, we have a weekly call uh, that is centered around that theme. Uh, and every day, there'll be an exercise that helps us really adopt that theme. So for example, for the month, month of love, you would really hate this. If you didn't hate the platform already, you're about to hate it already <laughs> even more. <laughs> Every day I came out with a, a statement that I invited the, the group to share with someone that was in a heartfelt way. So it was, a, it was a heartfelt statement. So at a really simple level, one of the statements would be, I love you. And I invited the whole community to, to share that day with someone that they love them. Um, and then the next day it might be a thank you or I'm sorry or um, you're beautiful or I'm so grateful to have you in my life or I miss you or I think of you often or anything like that. But anything around kind of heartfelt content or heartfelt emotions to help them adopt this, this theme of love. So each month we're going on a theme of uh, a journey of, of self-development in that area dropping into our heart and allowing that energy to come alive through a combination of exercises, live talks. Um, we have a book club that's centered around that theme. Um, and then I interview the author with any questions that come up around the theme and around the book um, to bring that alive. So cool. it's just, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot and it's yeah. Um, all to do with really dropping deeper into your heart in my language with growth. You've just launched that. Yeah. So this has been the first month. So it's been crazy. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and how do you pick your monthly themes? Um, I just looked at all the different um, aspects of things that I needed to adopt in my life or I've chosen to adopt in my life that have helped me connect more deeply with my heart. So like, for example, I've needed to be more vulnerable. So like, let my heart be more seen and felt. So looking at how to be more vulnerable, getting out of your comfort zone. Like I've had to, you know, when I shared with my mum that I loved her, that came from my heart, but my ego did not want me to say that. It questioned my, my identity as a man if I did that. So it was like, okay, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. We're going to have to get beyond our fears that you hear in your head of saying, no, you're going to lose who your identity is. And being vulnerable is saying, hey, like I'm going beyond those fears and I'm going to do something that, that my heart wants here, despite what others might think of me, despite the fears I have inside myself. Or like purpose, you know, our heart is purposeful. It's curious. Um, I believe that our purpose lives inside all of us. It's not something that we just conjure up in our head. It's something like it's our truth of who we really are, like who we, what we were born to do. And that comes from stripping back all of our thoughts of like who we should be and, and actually who we really are. Um, so like there's all these different, techniques if you like or tools over the years that i've learned to help me get on that get on that journey so i just pieced them all together i came up with the 12 sort of most essential ones and then kind of fitted them so like december is about kindness because it feels like we need kindness in december and then january is about purpose because you know january is quite a purposeful month we go like what do we want to do we often create new resolutions and um, capricorn season capricorn Come season, there you go. So, so we're aligned. Uh, astrology and, and the naked professor come together. Um, who would have thought? Well, um, <laughs> um, no, we are, we are, we are. We're just, we're just, I like, I love astrology. I love learning all this stuff, but not, not with Fran and her vulnerability. No, with, with, with other friends. Yeah, other stuff. <laughs> I love how you just don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> change subject, change subject. What were you just saying? So then, so Capricorn season's purpose. What have you got for February? February is uh, self-talk. Mm. So like, you know, fundamentals for me of, of mental Very health. Good. How do you talk to yourself? And then we go into to comfort zone in March. And then general health and wellness, which maybe will involve a bit of astrology in April. Who knows? But like, you know, there's so many different aspects to, 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 to all this, you know, getting when you, if you have shit sleep, it's quite hard to connect with your heart because you just go into your head. So your thoughts become more alive. Just go you to anger your, immediately. Yeah, it's easier, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, you, there's less feeling. It's more like you're more caught in your head when you're tired or like if you eat shit food, it can make you lose, like be sluggish and less connected to your, to your truth. Cause let's be honest, like it's easier to hear the voice in your head than it is to hear your heart. Like that's louder because we're driven firstly for security and then for love. So if we're tired or we're not feeding ourselves, we're not fueling ourselves or we're not giving ourselves the, the best possible chance to feel health and wellness or feel healthy and well, um, then it's easier to just like the easy route is to listen to your head. So looking at all aspects of health and wellness and, and then we look at authenticity and vulnerability and comparison and curiosity. And yeah, so there's all sorts of, interesting because I, i'm writing mm. my all the new moons of, and full moons of 21 and it's in, because mm -hmm. you're quite intuitive you're very you're very tuned in you're very 12th house moon neptune it's interesting to see how you you kind of tuned into the themes of the year without ah. that's why i was asking you okay if you look at the headlines or books that are being published Everybody is always aligned with this. Everything's always aligned with the astrology. That's what's mad. No way. Well, yeah, not 
on a subtle level, but the trends, something that I think about a lot is, you know, people do trend forecasting for, you know, all sorts, every business, clothes and stationery and whatever, there's always trend forecasters and how those trends link with the astrology. Also, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I'm back at my parents, how dark, like we started with Parasite as the big movie of 2020. And so many of the TV shows out at the minute are really dark. Everything's pretty, it's a strong theme for 2020 before we knew what it was going to be. It was just, it was already there. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that's science for me. Well, astrology is sort of science for me. If you're in as much as psychology is a sort of science, but you you can't ever Mm. really prove someone's psychology in the same way. You can't ever really prove someone's astrology, but you can, if you're an astrologer and you've got their chart because not because you just make everything fit, because it's you know you're a man with mars and cancer who had mars and aspected and when it received a massive transit you completely transformed and you were living that cancerian man truth with the added oomph of being a naked leo (laughs) (laughs) and you know that's it's who you are and it's who you (laughs) always were and that's why i when i was thinking about this conversation last week well, you know, just in my head, I say, I do, I do think, cause you talk about what you were like when you're younger and you're a lad. And I'm like, but surely he was always a nice guy. That was sure. And it's school. I was, but, but yeah, I was, I was like, don't get me wrong, but I was just like underneath it. I was, and I wasn't like, I was, you know, I, I was never a bully or I was never unkind. You know, I was always sensitive. It was always there, but it was, not as alive as it is now if that makes sense like now i really allow it to come to the surface whereas then it was like awkward yeah it was like yeah it was it was there but i just didn't want to show it and when you were really little what were you like mm. do you know yeah you know i was i was a, a mummy's boy you know i was i was very sensitive i remember just how much i loved my mum from a young age you know oh. um she like a lot of the energy that i've got i saw in her or a lot of the energy, I, and, and I loved it. I thought it was just such a beautiful thing in a person. And I think, you know, she was very protective over me. I was her little boy. My brothers are six and eight years older. You're the so, little prince. I was, the, I was the little, yeah, <laughs> little prince, if you like. So, yeah, I was always, I remember crying when, I, when she dropped me off to go to school when I was young. And just being a bit like, I remember even at a young, young age, I remember in the rugby changing rooms, and we must have been like 10 or something. It was like our big, big game, like the cup final or something of that, of that point and the the um this is when i played for my club not at school i don't think i've been allowed at school but at the club the coach was like right come on boys we have to really get up for this and they make like this is awful to say but he like said right just slap each other around the face like to get up for this and i remember that i was one of the first ones and the guy next to me slapped me on the face and i just started crying (laughs) It was like, like, you know, just thought, and it was like that, that kind of put an end to sort of getting up for the game kind of thing. It's like, this is okay. horrible. Um, and like that, it is, yeah, when I think about it, it was pretty stupid. I think kind of, you know, it wasn't right for time, but, you know, some of the guys, some of the, some of the kids would have been like, yeah, come on, like, let's go, like, do this, let's go and play and fight and wrestle. And I was like, I just want to be kind to each other and like, you know, be nice and, you know, just enjoy the game. If you feel into that, would you, so were you were you just upset 
Or were you angry or were you shocked? Shocked. Yeah. yeah. Shocked. And just like, that's, that's not what I'm here for. Like, what, why, why are we doing so that for? Outrageous. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's an interesting, like how I reacted is what I, what I find interesting because some of the boys have said would definitely have been, been on that. But you got mm. Mars in camp, sir. Mm. And it was shocked into action. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was, that was like, like you said, it's who I was, but, and, you know, and I, and I was ashamed. I'd have been ashamed of that. I was like, I should have just taken it and done it to the next boy. That's what the tough kids were doing. That's how I would have been more successful on the rugby pitch. And that's like, they're the boys who I want to be like. You know, so that's an example of how I was like, shame, carry shame around that sensitivity. So, yeah, but that was probably around about the age of 10. And by the time I was 15, that was the last thing I wanted to do was to let that part of me be seen. Yeah. Mm. And you so, and your dad and your brothers? Mm. They are, dad is very, very rational, logical, left brain, um, ex-lawyer, he's retired now, but everything has worked out. You know, as I speak to him, I can hear him his brain like ticking, like working it all out. There's no, there's every, it all comes from, from, from rationality. N- no kind of creativity expression of, of emotions or who he is. Um, and my eldest brother is very much like that. Very, very much like that. And then my middle brother is um, difficult one to work out because he is mostly like that. But I think he's got, part of my mum involved and he does like whilst he works in the city he does a lot of charity work in africa and so he's out there you know really, like doing this amazing work with these kids and helping orphanages and like really lets his heart be felt but in the masculine world he comes back into it's slipped back onto that kind of you know logical rational don't show emotion world so i i believe in my language like i'm not told i said before i believe he has a beautiful big heart but he has been, and he'll disagree and be like, whatever, Ben, I just don't have that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a wimp, but I be, like, <laughs> like, I see you. that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a wimp <laughs> like me. Exactly. Yeah. But I see that love inside of him. I just, I just think he, you know, he's, he's, I don't, I'm not to be unkind at all. So I don't mean this unkindly. Like he's an amazing person, but um, I think he could connect more deeply with his love. Yeah. And we're all single. Well, yeah, we're well. all single. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> things are changing. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, in an eclipse to your moon. Yeah, oh, is that right? Is this written in the stars too? Yeah, an eclipse to your moon changes the woman in your life and uh, your home. and or, Because it can be any of those things, because the moon is symbolic of the, the female in your life, the home. which is, And because Uranus is on your MC, arguably, we don't really know because we didn't have any that time of birth, those two things happening at the same time that oh he might be moving somewhere bigger and somewhere green potentially mm, but let's, because that's how my birth is exact you know let's okay. see and i was thinking yeah. sorry about your fam i, I wondered mm-hmm. about your dad because i was looking at your saturn and your saturn mm-hmm. is libra and libra is very rational it's very it's very diplomatic very kind very polite but it is also the scales. It is legal, legal. It is the justice system. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that, that your Saturn is your father, is a lawyer. Mm. And then I was thinking about how we spoke before about our parents being different and us being a weird hybrid. And I always thought that growing up because I was like, my mum's a Cancer, my dad's an Aquarius, and like, how the hell did this this happen? But mm. actually, in 
relationship astrology, what tends to happen is if we were to look, which we're not going to do because say your parents charts and I'm not, not going to invade, but what would be interesting maybe for them to do or for you to do with them is to look at actually the unexpressed planets in their charts. So the, the unexpressed, the, the other sides of their personalities that they are allowing their spouse to do, you know, in your parents, which is what my parents do, which is fascinating and what, in, and what all couples do. But it made sense as to how two people who were so very different ended up being together because actually they're not that different. For instance, if you hadn't had your great transformation, your great awakening, whatever you want to call it, and you'd been in a relationship with a very clingy, very sensitive, very emotional, cancerian type female, um, and you would then just projected all of that onto her being like, you're so needy, you're so clingy, because you were still rejecting it in yourself. And then that becomes... A prominent mm. issue that is tends to be what happens in relationships is that there's one part of our chart that we just refuse to deal with but then we date it and then we reject it in the partner mm. yeah so interesting well it's really really re- really my favorite thing because it's it really <laughs> is a thing and when you get couples and you get their charts and they come and see me and i'm like you know you i know that i can say something and of course it never wants to be no one ever wants to immediately hear that so you have to you know say it in a way introduce it in a way that's not that's palatable and isn't gonna piss people off basically because you you want people to be able to own their stuff and feel empowered and that's the other thing in with astrology and maybe what you do as well is empowering like letting them know letting people know their stuff without telling them i hate being told mm. when i go for the readings or whatever and they're like you need to do this i'm like you need to back off <laughs> <laughs> mm, totally and do yes. you ever so have you ever had that with any of your coaching clients that like because coaching is about asking the right questions isn't it yes yeah and um, but obviously yes. you've not you've not been now and again things happen have you if, if you had any interesting situations that you can talk about or want to talk about thing is i don't really push my coaching so people come to me through really my message and i don't really push it so like they always come to me ready. really wanting yeah really ready and really wanting and i always have an initial call and it's very like it's rare i think there's been once where it's like this is not right to work together mm. generally speaking if it like, flows yeah because they come to me for the right for the right reasons and i'm not trying to sell you know like i need clients enlightenment yeah and yeah. but have yeah. you ever <laughs> have you ever exp- been on the receiving end of that or? yeah um so like one one thing that i've really worked on that i really feel like is really important is just being totally in receivership of pe- feedback from people who matter to me and it being okay to 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 not necessarily agree to them agree with them but mm. to hear them like my mum is always saying you know, Ben, you must do this, you do that, do, do, do that, do this. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, mum. And then she's like, you didn't listen to me. And I'm like, no, I know. I, 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 I did listen to you. I heard you. I just chose not to follow your advice. Like, but it didn't mean I didn't listen. I just, you know, I've, I definitely listened. I was really interested to what you had to say. But just because you think one thing and I think the other and you shared it with me doesn't mean I have to do what you say. So I just try and sit in a space where I'm very welcoming of feedback and want to hear it and you know, listen to it and really try and be honest with myself and take like criticism as an opportunity to grow. 
and yeah, yeah it's, that's I, a great mindset to have. I, I, and hard. Is, so, so, I think it's a you know you've got your moon in Sag, which at, at best is interested in other perspectives. At worst, it certainly isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so i definitely could be stubborn um if that's what you kind of want <laughs> well, it's, one more, way of saying it. it's sagittarius moon um and it's like there is a slight different expression between men and women but sagittarius moon can be the ultimate know-it-all big time at <laughs> worst but at best it's very very open very curious and philosophical about everything i guess I, th- I like to think I've probably done the journey. It started from exactly, a- at yeah. worst. <laughs> I knew it all and was like, you know, to the extent that spirituality or any of this, or, you know, if we had this conversation, I'd be like, you go for it, friend. Like, um, like, and I genuinely think you're wacky and like you live in a crazy world and it's not for me to, wow, like I'm super curious about, like I don't necessarily profess definitely to understand like this space but i'm really fascinated to learn and sit and listen and hear what you have to say and like try and grow and develop in this area so i like to think yeah i've done the journey <laughs> but definitely was not open before and I, I just i really do think that criticism from the right people is so such an opportunity to grow and yeah, it's I, I want to provide it? it's a gift yeah because we don't there's not many people who are willing to be honest with us generous generous people who who offer feedback and you know yes. I, we're probably both i'm running courses and things and i'm always like please give me feedback and i do and the people who do email me and of course sometimes i'm like oh but i'm always like that mm. was that was brave of you you took the time you're generous you have good intentions i really appreciate you putting putting some something out there because people really mm. um not to your face anyway no yeah to their face to your face you go oh that yeah no i really enjoyed it it was great <laughs> thank you and you're like that's absolutely no value to me whatsoever but i know you're just trying to be nice so you know thank you i really appreciate it <laughs> yeah. yeah um okay we've gone on we could, i could keep yeah. talking but that's we don't <laughs> want to bore the internet do we so <laughs> but Aww. it's been great ben and really really interesting is there anything you want to know about your astrology no I, lo- I love these conversations and i'm really really grateful for you opening up with me um i guess i don't know my natural my intuition says is there anything in the future that you can share that with for my what i might want to look for or kind of the direction i'm heading is that is that within your yeah just looking at your, um, personal year you're in a personal year five so it's a year of change New everything, new this, new that. Again, this year, 2020, year of change. Between, between your birthday, changes on your birthday. Well, again, ah. numerologists will not all agree. Some will say it's January based on your birthday that year. Some will say it's from your birthday. I do it from your birthday. So your work, the, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction is in Aquarius and it's on your south node on the 21st of December. And that's interesting because you have this background that's quite Aquarian. You worked in tech. You were quite detached. You were quite cool. You weren't in your heart. But a, a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on the south node is 
opposite to the north node obviously to anyone who knows because south north are opposite each other and mm. so that could really amp up this stuff that you're doing online basically because it's an aquarius which rules tech it's in your sixth house which is your work it's across your nodal axis a lot of what you're doing is about health and mental health and expression and self-expression and so mm. it's 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 a big opportunity for you to quick to ramp things up which mm. you are doing you know it's already kind of blind it's already in it's already in play to be fair yeah. isn't it yeah so that looks nice and aligned the eclipse to your moon nice. will be will change things potentially already has because again these and an eclipse can be felt six months before and six months after. So any change in living circumstances, any change in relationship could already be sort of rolling. Not necessarily, it doesn't like happen on the day, some kind of significant moment. But still, December the 14th is, is going to be an energy, energetic input into your moon. So keep an eye out for December 14th. It's a good, it's an excellent day for you to be making intentions really about what you want romantically, creatively, um, what you want your home to be, where do you want to live? Do you have plans for the future? Do you want children? Do you want to write another, have you already done a book you have? Not yet, no. All right. No. Do you want to write Some your process. book? Yeah. <laughs> um, do, what, what do you want to happen with it? Like publishing fifth, fifth house. What do you want to birth? What do you want to put out into the world? What, do you want to live abroad? Do you want to, all, the, all these kind of things, good in, mm. intentions about what you, your creativity, your joy, what you want to publish, when you, what you want to teach, what you want to learn and uh, where and how you want to live. Sort of incorporating a few different aspects of that eclipse for you and then big day December the 14th yeah yeah it's a bit it's in a total eclipse and eclipses always have a big impact particularly if they're touching one of your natal planets and again so there was an eclipse that really impacted you that began on the 6th of January 2019 I'll leave you to reflect on that but that will have really again activated this part the, the the mars energy so you doing all of your work as a coach but i don't know 20, 2019 should have been quite a big year for you i guess mm. yes every mm. year is a big one but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i suppose it's just ramping up mm. and is there any yes. th any any plans that you have you have Jupiter on your descendant in March, which is lovely. It's expansive. And then Saturn will get there probably a year and a half later. So it's, it, it looks like... It, would you move abroad? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could it's be. been spoken about, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, Moon and Sagittarius, like, have you lived abroad before? Uh, no, I haven't. I've so travelled a lot. But... Yeah. You've done the, the Sagittarius moon often likes to, uh, well, Sagittarius is about travel, philosophy, fo foreign things, you know, um, and planets in Sag often involve living abroad at some point, particularly the moon because the moon is your home. And mm. yes, so that is interesting. So with work, do you, because the tech stuff is really, really amplified for the next probably year and a half two years so I, I i guess it's all hands on on that and you do a podcast yes. as well yeah and podcast just just come back so 
that was yeah the last month has come back but yeah you're right it's all hands on deck with with heart space that's kind of a big focus that's that's what i really feel and see as my future yeah definitely mm. for the next two years with 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 all the aquarius planets in your sixth house yeah it's that's the focus i would say any other questions i mean i have endless questions for you fran but you don't well, none of us have endless time <laughs> so i feel i should do my duty and just say thank you very much and like it's so interesting and i love how you i mean whenever i have these conversations with you people just go that girl is so so smart so i always just listen with like just such an open heart and open mind to everything you say because i know it comes from such an intellectual place so i'm just grateful to for you to share everything you have and to sit in the space with you thanks ben i used to think that until i started doing the financial astrology stuff <laughs> <laughs> okay well listen room for growth maybe room for growth. <laughs> it's, it's really good and i've been reading about how you know when you start investing and playing it is another it, it is another opportunity for personal development in a whole new way um and have you looked at mm. that just out of interest because of, no but yeah I'd, I'd love you to nail it and then we can just all just follow your footsteps it's such a rocky time mm, it's, 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 one of the financial astrologers um that who i think is wonderful christine skinner i was at her talk two years ago and she talked about 2020 being the great financial reset things are changing but the financial system is definitely definitely changing the, the bank the governments and institutions are introducing their own cryptos for sure and so i, I just i'm trying to be one step ahead but it's very very tricky <laughs> anyway but mm. thank you thank you for your kind words thank you for um being so open it's it's very relaxing mm. talking to you and knowing that you've got that just that way about you know it's a sad sag to sad you've got the moon in sag i'm a sag we can both overstep the mark but know that we don't mean it <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very, that's always <laughs> a nice thing in life is to a sun and moon interaction you kind of get where each other's coming from and it, it's uh it's nice but you know where would the world be without a little bit of Aquarius to cancer <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, for sure and uh, no I, I like i love that too so i feel very safe and very open in your space so you can always say whatever you want to be fine um my, i might join your thing well <laughs> listen it's not for everyone. I'd like, like, you know, I don't, I never want it to be, I don't want you to feel any pressure um, at all. I really don't. So if you ever feel like you want to kind of see and hear and feel other people opening up their hearts and see how, you know, if you can step into that space and test yourself, then it's there for you. Um, cool. But, you know, I, know I don't you're... think I'm as cynical as I make. I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the 25 year old me I once was who would just sit mm. there and just be, taking the piece in my head <laughs> <laughs> no yeah can't be oh, after see. seven years of self-development and the college of psychic studies and dodgy coaching hotels in Kensington <laughs> it's not possible you can't not be changed no yeah well let's see what the future holds see, maybe, All right, maybe see you one day <laughs> right have a um lovely afternoon Thank you, friend. Have a lovely afternoon too and enjoy your weekend. Oh, where do people find you? Oh, um, the Naked Professor, I guess, um, or benbidwell.com. Right, cool. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it, really. Any other business? I always forget to do that bit. 
Uh, I just enjoy having a chat with you and if people are interested they'll find me yeah you're right I'll put, I'll put it on the gram anyway okay right thanks Ben thank you thanks, thanks so thank much you. Fran thank, thank you. you cheers see ya bye bye thank you for listening to this episode of the astrology podcast Ben is very open and candid and I think I'm going to join his app I, <laughs> I, I might do it it's a good challenge isn't it so it's called Heart Space and his website is benbidwell.com and his Instagram is The Naked Professor. And let us know what you think. Leave a review and subscribe and all of those things that people will say at the end of podcasts. But, but thanks for listening. It was really fun to talk to Ben. He's, he's great. He's very open, very interesting. And it, I hadn't spotted that unaspected Mars in his chart before. So the revelations of unaspected planets. Okay, thanks very much and see you soon.